What's up guys, Chris Harry with you on a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly, the third one of the week. When you hire a new head coach, you get a lot of episodes. Eric Williams on Sunday, Robert Mays on Monday, and this episode spectacular. Sam Acho, former linebacker of the Bears, spent 2017 and 2018 under Brandon Staley. Some incredible insight and great stories about Coach Staley. But first, Good Morning Football's Peter Schrager joins me to talk Coach Staley and Justin Herbert. Now, caveat, we taped this on Tuesday. So this was before Phillip Rivers announced his retirement from the NFL. So much more on Phillip. Please go to Chargers.com. We'll have a Chargers Weekly over the next week or two talking more about Phillip and his retirement from the NFL. But without further ado, here's Peter Schrager. All right, let's bring on one of the best in this business, Peter Schrager. Good morning, football, Fox Sports. And Peter, we'll get right to it, man. I don't think this hiring caught you by surprise. Brandon Staley getting a head coaching job. What do you think of the fit with the Chargers? Well, I, I actually was surprised a little bit on this. Were you? Chris, I'll be honest, because I, I, I had a feeling that he would be a great fit for the Chargers, but I was reading the tea leaves, what everyone else was reading, and it was – Brian Dable, Brian Dable, Brian Dable. But it's one of those things, fool me once with the LA Chargers, fool me twice. And uh, I, Tom Telesco and, and the Spanos family, they keep things so close to the vest that you never know what they're doing. And just the lesson is, do not listen to the media reports. Yeah, Listen to what exactly they're going to do when they announce it. And I, I remember when, uh, when, when Joey Bosa was drafted, and I've told the story plenty of times before, I don't think anybody had the Chargers taking Joey Bosa third overall. I always remember covering that draft and everyone had Jalen Ramsey or Laramie Tunzel or Ronnie Staley or Ezekiel Elliott. And they took Joey Bosa third overall. And I remember talking to Tom Telesco afterwards and he said, well, it does me no good to tell everybody what's going to happen. Don't read the media reports when it comes to the Chargers. I appreciate it. So I was surprised, um, not with the, the fit or the hire, but just that everyone was so in on that day bowl. And then it turns out it's going to be Staley to your original question, the fit. I love it. He stays in Southern California. I've gotten to know um, that Ram staff really well, but I did not know Brandon until this past season when they brought him aboard and talking to Sean McVay over the course of this year, the head coach of the Rams, he has been so complimentary of Brandon Staley. It was almost like the yin to his yang. It was the perfect fit for what he was looking for to fill in for Wade Phillips after Wade stepped away. And, and this guy brings intensity. He brings leadership. He brings experience on both sides of the ball. And I think more than anything, he brings a youthful enthusiasm. I love Anthony Lynn. I think Anthony Lynn was a fantastic yeah. Chargers coach. Brandon Staley is going to be a, a great hire because he's going to grow his own thing. Nothing against Coach Lynn. It's just going to be a new era, and it's going to be a totally different feel. For better or worse, we shall see. But I love the fit, and I love the hire. And when I said surprise, it was no surprise that he was in demand, right? The Eagles wanted to talk to him. I think he talked to the Texans uh, earlier that day. The Chargers didn't want him to leave the building. They got him. And immediately, we could talk about defense, but offensively, you get the coach Justin Herbert. How much do you think being with Sean McVay for a year prepares you uh, to take on such a big task? And, and really, you know, you're seeing this guy's career through right now. Yeah, and it's it's the coolest deal. And I think that played a major role in it. I also think the Spanos family made a good sell and a good pitch uh, to Staley. This was the day after they had just lost in the NFC uh, divisional round. <clears throat> and it was the second time, obviously, they were having conversations. But 
he had that Eagles interview waiting. And you look at Philadelphia, and I, I honestly do believe he was high on Philadelphia's list. And it might have been the same deal where they're like, we're not letting you leave. <clears throat> he didn't even interview with Philadelphia. So you have to think that in that room, the pitch was great fan base, great new stadium that you know, and you will be opening up to fans. That's right. And Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's everything. This guy is a 4-0 student who excelled at the NFL in a way that no one expected. Um, he's the offensive rookie of the year. He might win it unanimously. That's how good he was. And that includes a wide receiver in Minnesota who was an all-pro in his first season. Um, I think Herbert is such an attraction. And I think Staley's going to have success. I, I know he's labeled as a defensive coach. I tweeted this. It got a lot of play. He was a really good high school quarterback in the state of Ohio up in Lake County. Then he goes to the University of Dayton where he plays quarterback there. And I don't know the specifics, and I think this might be good for you guys to look into, but he was at Hutchinson Community College, and then he goes to Tennessee. Cordero Patterson was the star player at Hutchinson Community College and then went to Tennessee the same time as Brandon Staley. Someone told me, and this might not be true, and this is, again, me talking on the Chargers website, that he roommate he was roommates with Cordero Patterson at Tennessee. That might be possible. It might oh, be a stretch. They definitely, they definitely traveled together. But like you think about Cordero Patterson, who still to me is a very relatively young player, offensive player. If he's got that connection with Cordero Patterson and not a defensive lineman and an outside linebacker or a safety, it tells me he can speak to offensive players and he can connect with the youth on a team. You know, just talking about the hire this week, uh, you know, I was talking with Robert Mays uh, yesterday for The Athletic, and he brought up a great point. You know, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, they met several times a week, and, and Tom is is bouncing off ideas uh, against the, the probably the greatest defensive mind ever, right? So he says, picture Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley doing the same thing. You know, he, he can bounce ideas off of Justin and vice versa. And when we talk about the AFC – you got to beat the Chiefs, right? You got to slow the Chiefs and those explosive plays. The Rams didn't allow a lot of them. Uh, when we talk about Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and, uh, and, and Patrick Mahomes, these are the teams you're going to have to slow in the AFC. Uh, I said it yesterday too. I, I think Justin Herbert, you throw any off offense at him, he's going to he's going to pick it up and run with it. Uh, mm -hmm. Defensively, though, that's what's interesting to me is you have the individual pieces on defense with Derwin James and Joey Bosa, Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil. Um, I'm just fascinated to see how that's going to come together, being with what he did with the Rams in just a season. Yeah, so so it's a great point, Chris. Philosophically, the thought now in the NFL is you pair a offensive head coach with a quarterback and you pair them together and they're going to be together for the next 10 years. And he won't be leaving for another job because he's a hot name as an offensive coordinator. He's already the head coach, which is why you see such success with a LaFleur and Rogers or, or, or McVay and Goff, or you go down the list, but there was once upon a time where Mike Tomlin was a good coach and Sean yeah. McDermott was a good coach and Bill Belichick's was a good coach. And Pete Carroll was good. Like, to me, that's such like way too new age thinking. Defensive coaches can be head coaches and special teams coaches can be head coaches. And if anything, Brandon Staley can pop in the quarterback's room and talk to the players and then go and maybe wander over to the outside linebackers and then maybe go wander over to the nose tackles and then maybe go see, hey, what's up in the safeties room and be the CEO and not be so ingrained in every snap of the quarterback I look at some of these teams that that have gone all in on pairing the court. Sam Darnold and, and Adam Gase just got done with two years where Adam Gase was supposed to be the quarterback guy. 
it doesn't necessarily always work like that. So to just think you need the offensive coach because Justin Herbert's a young player, I think that's short-sighted. I think a CEO who could be in every room and then you hire an offensive coordinator, you hire a quarterback's coach, I think that might be a better model. And it's working right now. You look at Brian Flores and Sean McDermott, I think those teams are doing just fine, even though the coaches aren't traditionally offensive coaches. That's right. And, and as we tape this, you know, we're still trying to figure out what Coach Staley's staff is going to look like offensively. But, you know, you said it, Justin Herbert, man, if you have an opportunity to coach this kid in his second year, um, how he was kind of thrust into action in week two, I, I just want to get your overall thoughts on what you saw from Justin, uh, how he had no offseason program on the grass. Uh, he gets tapped on the shoulder, said, hey, by the way, SoFi Stadium, home opener, get Super Bowl champs, you're in. Yeah. Eight plays, 79 yeah. yards, touchdown on the first drive, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, I'd say this. I was at the Combine. I wasn't at the Senior Bowl where he won MVP and all that, and I wasn't at the Rose Bowl where he won MVP and all that. So maybe those two things we should have known, like, oh, maybe this guy's going to be good. Yeah. Um, I was at the Combine, though, and he lit it up. You know, those other quarterbacks weren't throwing and, and Herbert looked the part. And I'll never forget talking to an NFL general manager who said to me, Justin Herbert is that guy that if you were on a beach and you saw all the quarterbacks in the world throwing, you would draw them to look like Justin Herbert and you would draw them to throw a football like Justin Herbert. And I said, OK, but then what's the knock? He said, I don't know the knock because he's smart as hell. He clearly is a leader, and I think there started to be a storyline of Herbert isn't as vocal or Herbert isn't a dog or Herbert might not be a charismatic guy. Garbage. You asked around, all those Oregon guys raved about him. You asked about the senior bowl. They said that this guy was the Pied Piper there, and now you talk to the Chargers players. They'll follow him. So to me, it's everything, and, and I'm not a scout. I don't have any eye for that. I really don't. Um, Troy Aikman, that Thursday night game when they played the Raiders – I've never heard Troy Aikman fall over himself, fawn, um, be just completely aghast at how impressed he was with a rookie quarterback than I heard him with Justin Herbert this year. I would go watch that broadcast back, turn the volume up, and if you're a Chargers mm -hmm. fan, hearing Aikman just salivate over Justin Herbert, that's all you need to know. Aikman sees all the young quarterbacks, and he was treating Herbert like he was a specimen he had not seen yet. Yeah, Aikman and, the, and Romo in week two said the same thing. Yep. About him. And when, when you hear guys like that who see the game the way they see it, it's pretty impressive. Peter, last thing for you, buddy. Uh, the offseason for the Chargers, what do they need to do to get back to the postseason? Obviously, special teams was kind of their Achilles heel this year, um, closing games. Uh, but when you have a guy like Brandon Staley coming in, uh, what do they need to do? What, what are the uh, first two or three items on Brandon Staley's checklist to get this team back to the postseason? You know, it's interesting because a lot of these teams, and, I, and I'll, I'll throw names out there, the Texans, the Eagles, the Jets, I would say they have fractured cultures right now where they need to have a new person come in and be like, all right, here's what we're about. Here's what I'm about as a coach. I don't think the Chargers have that. They finished the season strong. Anthony Lynn was a beloved coach. It's not like uh, they're, they're coming out of some messy divorce where everyone ended up hating the offense, hates the defense, defense. There's no questions at quarterback. This is a good, good job. And it's a great spot for a young coach. So for me, culture is not the biggest problem. You got to establish your own voice and all that stuff. Sure. The things that I would look to, one, who he's bringing in, what's his staff? I think it's important. You got to mold uh, Herbert, however that's going to go. Because after year one, 
what Pep and, and what uh, we saw from Shane and, of course, what we saw with Anthony Allen, like, it was working. So you can't take a step back. That's sure. number one. Number two, stay healthy. Like, you need Derwin James. Like, that's a really good player. You need to have Joey Bosa and Derwin James, Peter. <laughs> if, if we have not seen them together healthy for we a can't. full season. That's all. I mean, it's, it's just – it's as simple as that, man. You got to get 33 on field. I know. I know. And my last point, to your point, just like – tightening up the screws a little bit. I feel like the Chargers were so close in so many games in the first half of the season. And then it was either clock management or it was special teams or it was a costly turnover or it was a missed tackle that cost them. This team is good. They're good right now. Justin Herbert is maybe the the best of all these rookie quarterbacks. And that includes a great burrow and a good Tua. Um, I feel like it's a really good spot and I don't have a laundry list of things to like mm. check, 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 check. I hope and pray that the fans are allowed um, and that we have uh, an audience because I think with what the Rams have going on and they've got McVay and all that thing, I think the Chargers have a cool deal also. And I think the fans are going to be really psyched to walk into SoFi Stadium and see this team play. Two young dynamic coaches in LA playing at SoFi Stadium, man. It's great. I can't wait for for 2021, get the fans in there. Uh, Always appreciate your time, man. I got good morning football. It's like, automatic brother got it on every morning what else you got going on these next couple of weeks yeah so good morning football is on every day from uh seven to ten in the morning and then i will be on sunday morning this week uh fox nfl kickoff on your local fox affiliate pregame to the of course amazing championship weekend we have that hopefully someday the chargers uh can get back to i still remember stan humphreys and uh handing off to natron means we'll get back there That's I right. 94 baby <laughs> there we go alfred papunu opening that pineapple and drinking it i remember <laughs> love it peter you are the man i appreciate your time man thanks so much chris a reminder thursday noon pacific the introductory press conference for head coach brandon staley and it's streaming exclusively on the Chargers app. So A, if you haven't downloaded the app, make sure to do it for iOS or Android. And once you get into the app, register to create an account. Again, head coach Brandon Staley's press conference tomorrow, streaming exclusively on the Chargers app. All right, as we learn more about Brandon Staley as the new head coach of the LA Chargers, One of his former players joins me now, Sam Acho. Sam, you played for Coach Staley in 2017 with the Bears. First and foremost, thanks so much for being here. No, glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Chris. So uh, I'm looking at some of your tweets when uh, when Coach Staley was announced as the coach. You had a lot of great things to say. What was it like being in that linebacker's room with Coach Staley in 17? What was great? See, I played with him in 17 and 18, and what people don't realize is that 2017 was my seventh year in the NFL, maybe seventh or eighth year in the NFL. And I had, for lack of better terms, a resurgence that year. My rookie year had seven sacks with the Cardinals, tied the Cardinals sack record, did well. My second year as an outside linebacker, four sacks, three interceptions. Third year, having an injury in Arizona and like, you know, still recovering. Well, fast forward three, four years later, I meet up with this coach named Brandon Staley, who, for lack of better terms, he saw the best in me. And he saw not only the best in me, he sees the best in all of his players. And then he started pulling it out of me. And that's what a great coach does. A great coach sees the best in his players. And then he pulls the best out instead of making excuses and saying, well, this guy's just uncoachable. So he, he was there for two seasons with you. 
goes to Denver with, with Coach Fangio and then oversees the Rams defense, number one in the NFL, and all of a sudden a head coach. When you flash back to 17 and 18, did you expect this kind of meteoric rise to, to head coach uh, for Brandon Staley in, in really just his fourth year in the NFL? Well, I actually expected the rise to come faster. And, and here's why I say that. The NFL is very archaic in a lot of ways. People just do things the way that they've always been done. It's just, it's how it is. It's just the way it is. And Coach Staley immediately came in and started changing things. And not in a way that was overly disruptive to his superiors. He still respected Vic and respected the head coach. and respect. He still respected people. But he started just bringing a new kind of energy to our meeting rooms, bringing a new kind of energy to the team meeting bring a new kind of energy to the practice field and also on game day. And so I expected a quicker rise in it. Then you saw the success we had not only in 2017, but in 2018, where in Chicago, we have the number one ranked defense in the entire NFL. Not only were we number one there, but that's the best defense the NFL has seen in almost 20 years. And so after that season, he actually had opportunities to, to go to other places to be, to, to, you know, be a coach. But unfortunately, some of those other opportunities were blocked. Uh, that's, you know, some of these rules in the NFL, they actually can block you from interviewing with certain teams. He got blocked from interviewing with certain teams that that he could have gone and coached at otherwise. And so anyways, I'm just saying that to say that everyone has seen his abilities and the not only the ability, but also just the demeanor that he has as a coach. And so I'm not surprised at all. Sam, you also said he's the smartest dude in the room, but he doesn't act like it. What do you mean by that? He's the, I mean, he's actually the smartest dude in the room. He has a, I believe he has a genius IQ. You're going to have to ask him on that, but I know he has a photographic, <laughs> I know he has a photographic memory. He's not going to tell people about that either. Uh, he's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. And I don't use that as a, just as a word to throw around. He actually is brilliant. He could have gone and done any, whatever he wanted to do. He has a twin brother. I think his twin brother is a doctor or something. Like he could have been in any field he wanted to be, but his passion was football. So he's the smartest guy in the room, but he doesn't act, act like it. Some people are the smartest in the room and they, they have this like air of superiority about sure. them. Like you can't talk. And he's not that way. He actually will. He's, he's super humble. He's super humble. So he'll teach you. He'll listen to you. He'll learn from you. And then he'll give you information in a way that you can digest it, not in a way that just only makes sense to him. I want to get into defense, but, but I, I want to bring this home too with Justin Herbert. I think a lot of folks thought, Oh, you're going to bring in an offensive minded coach to coach Herbert. In what ways will Brandon Staley benefit Justin Herbert coming off that record setting rookie year? Uh, really, th this is going to be his guy for the next several years and, and beyond. Uh, what will Brandon Staley bring to Justin Herbert at the quarterback position? Brandon, so to answer your question, Brandon Staley played quarterback in college. He is an offensive-minded coach. Yes, he's been playing, yes, he's been coordinating defense in the NFL, but he played quarterback. He's a quarterback. And so even as a linebacker, my first year, his first year in the NFL, I'm sitting here like, why is this quarterback coaching defense? That was my mindset. <laughs> and so now it's funny how the roles have reversed. People are saying, why is this defensive coach coaching a quarterback? But no, 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 no. He has the best of both worlds. He's a quarterback. He has the offensive mindset, but he has the experience on the defense as well. And so as he coaches defensive players, he actually coaches us from a quarterback's perspective, from a quarterback's vision. And so I'm, I'm sure he would have loved to be an offensive coach coming in, but the opportunity was for defense. And not only was it any defense, it was under, like we mentioned earlier, the best defense in the NFL. And so I, so the reason I say that he's a perf, that Brandon Staley is a perfect fit for, 
for the LA Chargers and for Justin Herbert is that Justin Herbert is a phenomenal quarterback, a phenomenal talent, but like any player, like any person, you need coaching, you need tutelage. You don't need someone who's going to just throw you under the bus and say you weren't good enough. You need someone who's going to bring out your best. And Brandon Staley has all their credentials, the intelligence, the ability, and then the, the, we use this word moxie for describing quarterbacks, but I think you can, I think you can use that same word to describe coaches. He has this moxie, this personality, this fire, this vigor inside of him that, that everyone is attracted to. And that's why Jalen, and that's why Jalen Ramsey played so well. That's why Aaron Donald played so well. That's why all these players you, that you've never heard of in, in LA played so well. There's so many players who played so well because he brings out the best. It's him. It's a perfect segue into the defense because you look at this Chargers defense, all the individual pieces, right? Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Casey Hayward. And then I look at the linebacking core, Drew Tranquil coming back from injury, Kenneth Murray, the first round pick who led the team in tackles. What is he going to bring to these pieces? And, you know, we've talked to so many different people how, you know, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, he's put them in positions to be the best version of themselves. Uh, it seems like Derwin and Joey will benefit from having Coach Staley, but also I, I'm I'm intrigued to to get your thoughts on on the the linebackers that the Chargers have from Denzel Perryman, Kenneth Murray, and Drew Tranquil. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm most excited about Drew Tranquil just because he was a Warfel Trophy, I believe, winner, if not a finalist. Uh, and that was a, an award that I won in college. So I got a chance to know Drew a little bit. And we've texted a little bit since his injury. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about Drew. I, obviously, Perriman can ball. And Kenneth Murray, I haven't got a chance to watch him too much. But first-round pick, leading tackler, there's not too much more you need to say. Every position group on the offensive and defensive side of the ball will benefit from Brandon Staley as head coach. Start with linebackers. Brandon Staley coached, if you'll recall, Khalil Mack and Khalil Mack balled, <laughs> right? Like he, the, and I'm not talking like the Khalil Mack you've seen the last few years where he's had eight and a half and nine and a half sacks. I'm talking the Khalil Mack that was like 12 and a half sacks, five and a half forced fumbles, you know, 15 tackles for loss, 20 some tackles for that Khalil Mack. He yeah. coached that Khalil Mack as a, at, at a linebacker. He also coached a guy named Von Miller, right? Who also balled under it. Like, so, 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 and, and I'm talking the big names, but also he coached guys like me, he coached Sam Macho, who wasn't had one of his best years in years. He helps everyone elevate. That's a linebacker position. And then go to defensive line. Obviously Joey Bosa. He, I, I've said the names already, right? Joey Bosa fits in those same categories. Sure. Uh, um, Derwin James as well. Derwin James, phenomenal player. Well, who else is Brandon Staley coach? Jalen Ramsey. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. Casey Hayward, all these guys are going to benefit defensively from Brandon Staley and his scheme and his style of defense. You're going to see a lot of what we call cover nine. You're going to see a lot of mismatches when it comes to pressure. You're going to see a lot of linebacker blitzes, linebacker on running back, right? So we call them whip. I'm not going to give away too much of his his, uh, play calls, but you're just going to see a lot of mismatches. You're going to see Running backs have to block linebackers, and they don't like that. You're going to see that, schematically speaking. Uh, you're not going to see so much man. You're going to see zone. You're going to, but you're also going to. He's going to call plays according to what the offense is is presenting him defensively, then offensively as well. Justin Herbert setting records as a rookie already. Yeah. Right. Imagine having the mind of Brandon Staley. Yeah. Plus, spending a year with Sean McVay, who's one of the best offensive minds too in football. Just just picking up knowledge along the way. I think it's just so important and and. You're getting Chargers fans very excited about Coach Staley. One more before we get to your book. 
Uh, do you have a, a memory from 17 or 18 that, that stands out? Just a, a, a personal story regarding Coach Staley that, that you'll never forget? I think one of the stories when he first came to Chicago, we had some characters on our defense. We had some interesting personalities, some guys who didn't really want him there. They, uh, we had a guy named Lamar Houston, uh, Willie Young, Perdell McPhee. We had me as well. We signed a guy named Aaron Lynch. We had all these different personalities who all of us came from a different coordinator, a different position coach. Clint Hurt was a position coach, and, and Hurt was close with all these guys. So all of a sudden, and Hurts, a, you know, this big 300-pound defensive lineman, went to, the, went to the U, right? Like, he could re- black guy, he could relate. And so when this, you know, young, almost slim, quarterback-looking guy, white guy comes to our room, we're thinking, who is this guy? And I remember all the conversations that Coach Staley would, and I would have about, about man, how, not, not necessarily how can I relate to these guys. He's like, man, I'm trying um, any way you can help, or what would you think, or how's it going, right? He would actually ask for feedback. Yeah, it was interesting. He'd ask for feedback. And that that blew my mind because so many coaches don't relate and they don't make the effort. Whereas Coach Staley, he'd invite guys to his house. Right. No matter where you were from, it, bring it. He, he always every week before the game, he'd bring a, a, a handmade card handmade by his son. Right. He has two. You know, he had two sons. I think he has three now. He'd bring these handmade cards. Right. He always talk about his wife, Amy. I mean, this guy. As a young man you look at this guy and say, man, I want to be like this guy when I grow up. And so I saw it firsthand by his humility, by the way he would ask questions want to get to know players. And also the way he wouldn't just write people off. He would, he would want to get to know you. He'd ask for feedback and, and he really, he wasn't afraid to, uh, to say he was wrong. Mm. What we've heard thus far, we talk about communicator and um, but family man and somebody who who loves his family. And, you know, that's the type of culture I think the Chargers are building. It's great to have somebody like that in the building. Uh, Sam, I want to talk about this book, Let the World See You. I I was thinking last night and, and we just talked offline about it. You can apply this to really any line of work, uh, your passion and just life in general. But I was thinking last night about coach Staley and just like a head coach, how if you're not your authentic self players see right through it. And that's just one example of countless um, that applies to this book. How did this book come to be? Why did you write it? And uh, what has been the feedback on it this past year? Well, this book was written funny enough. The stories from this book happened while I was with coach Staley, many of them. Many of these stories from, from my book, Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes. It just came out a few, few not long ago, and it's on Amazon. It's on, you know, you can go to samachobook.com and find it. It's on it. Audible, it's on too. I got it it's on, on Audible. Audible. Yep, right. it's on Audible as well. Um, yes, I love it. This book is about what it means to be seen and to be known for who you really are. And I think that's who I always wanted to be. I didn't want to be fake. I didn't want to pretend whether I was on the football field or off the football field in the classroom, in media. I didn't, I didn't, and I don't want to pretend and don't want to be fake. Even on social media, I want to be me. I want to be real. I want to be seen. I want to be known. I want to be loved. And this book is about that journey of being seen, known, and loved. And, and going to Coach Staley, I say many of the words from this book happened while we were together. He, he really helped teach me how to be real because he walked in to this, you know, this, this, building in the NFL is like this. It's like, we're all like this. And he kind of came in like this and he permeated. 
he permeated through and it really encouraged me to say, you know what, I can be me. He was him. He was him. And, and yes, it was rocky at first, but guys saw that he was real. He's authentic and he cared. And that's my story as well. It's about what it means to be seen, to be known, to be loved. So really anybody who's ever had any, who's ever felt like they didn't fit in or when they tried to fit in or man, why do I pretend or why am I hiding from something? What am I hiding from? This book is for you because it's going to help answer the questions of why we hide what we hide from and what are ways we can come out of our hiding and let the world see us and the benefits that come when we do. I was, I was watching the the trailer for the book too. And you know, you talked about just getting emotional, right? Just letting people see who you are and and that it actually disarms the other person. And you're like, okay, this guy's just being his his authentic self. And that just, that resonated with me, Sam, because I think sometimes people try to put on a front because that's what, they think they need to do when in actuality being yourself is going to get you to where you're striving to get to. Exactly. And that's one thing I say in the book, I say pretending will, will get you in the door. I'm sure it will. Pretending will get you in the door, but, but being you will open up doors you could have never imagined. And that's what I saw firsthand. I saw that specifically even with coach Staley pretending I, the way this book starts, people, people don't know this, but if you've listened to it already, Chris, or at least the introduction, it starts with me losing a friend and a mentor of mine, actually, a guy named Jerry Price. He passed away from cancer. And I didn't say this explicitly in the book, but if you read it or anybody who reads it, you'll put the dots together. When he passed, I, had to, I wanted to go and see him. But when he was, before he died, he was getting sick. And I was scared. I was scared. We, we were in season. We had practice, we had meetings. And yes, I'd, I, had, I was on IR, I had an injury, but I didn't want to miss. Yeah. And his, I got a call from his wife saying, hey, if you want to say your goodbyes, here's the time, right? It was that, one of those kind of calls. And I hung up, I'm in tears. I just left a meeting with Coach Staley. We were doing some, um, you know, pre, we were helping one of the younger guys get ready. I left the meeting to take the call. I walk out of the room and no one knows the story. You're the only person, you know, anyone who's listening, this is, breaking news, or if you want to call it a brand new story, but I walk out of the room, wiping tears from my eyes because my friend's about to pass away. And, um, and I see Coach Staley. Mm-hmm. I see Coach Staley. And mind you, he, you know, he just finished, you know, getting this guy ready and he feels like we're ready and we're excited. And he looks at me, he's like, what's going on? And I was like, man, my, my, my friend, my friend, Jerry's not doing so well. I said, what do you mean? I said, he's about to die. And he's like, what? He's like, Sam, I'm so sorry. I was like, coach, I need to go see him. I have to go see him. And moment of truth, moment of truth. Many coaches would have said, well, Sam, it's Friday. We got practice. You know, we got a meeting. We travel tomorrow. The game's on Sunday. Just go on Monday or Tuesday on our off day. They didn't want, it. They didn't want them to look bad or they didn't want to have to answer any questions. Coach looked at me and said, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. He's like, I'll, I'll let, I'll let Vic know. Vic was a defensive coordinator. I'll let Vic know. Come to, he's like, come to this quick. We got a five minute team meeting. Just pop into the meeting. I'll let Vic know. And so I did. I popped into the meeting five minutes. And then I actually popped into the defensive meeting as well. I turned around, looked at coach. He gave me the thumbs up to get out of there. And so I did. And um, I got a chance to, to be with the family. By the time I got to Jerry, Jerry was living in Arizona. I was in Chicago. By the time I got there, he had just passed. We had just missed him. Um, and this book is actually dedicated to Jerry, but in that same vein, my coach 
being himself allowed me to be me as well. And that's what, that's what I'm talking about. When you're you, you will allow people, he could have easily said, Hey Sam, like let's, let's, let's finish this day of practice. Um, let's just go. We got a game tomorrow. Let's, we'll talk about it. Or he could have easily said, well, shoot, you're on your own, man. You figure it out. You go, go talk to the head coach and see if he says yes. But he said, no, man, this is most, this is what's most important. So when I talk about my book, let the world see you. When I talk about coach Staley, talk about me, even Chris, talk about you. We're, we're people who see the bigger picture. And so like this book is for people who want to see a bigger picture. Mm. It's, it's so important, you know, especially in, in today's world with social media, being you will get you to where you want to be. So let the world see you, Sam Macho. Sam, I, uh, I can't thank you enough for your time and your insight, man. It was such a great conversation. And what I'm hoping is that we get A, fans in the stands, and B, you're coming to SoFi Stadium to watch Coach Staley coach the L.A. Chargers in 2021, man. Thank you so much for your time. No, I'm excited, man. And every Chargers fan, uh, be excited. Be excited because if they give him the keys, if I'll say it like that, if they give him the keys, that's a, that's a euphemism, a way of saying, if they give him the opportunity to lead the way he, he's capable of leading, oh, it's going to be it's gonna be amazing, right? Talk to somebody, talk to Dean Spanos, talk to whoever you need to talk to. Let this coach coach because you're going to see a huge turnaround. Mm. Sam, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. All right, guys, that's going to do it. A big thanks to Sam Acho and Peter Schreger for joining me. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. Be sure to download and subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week. And until next time, I'm Chris Hayreed.